Hey everybody, Shane Presley here, Rock Paper Podcast. Thank you so much for tuning in to another brand new episode. Today's features the return of my friends, Jeff and Jen Nichols. Uh, you may also know them as Ten Cents. Huge supporters of uh, St. Louis music and um, they uh, recently had some hard times uh, a couple weeks back and uh, stopped by to talk about uh, what they've been dealing with. Uh, and if anybody's been following along with them online, you've uh, probably seen some of the stories, but Jeff had a heart attack and uh, nearly died and uh, we were grateful that he's still here with us and uh but this is it recaps some of their story and so fair uh fair warning there are some uh you know some heavy subject matter in this episode but uh i thought it was really nice to talk about it with them and uh, get this information out and possibly save somebody else's life so hopefully uh you enjoy this episode and uh share it with a friend that um might need to hear it and uh but yeah hope you enjoy it and uh, as always rock paper podcast is brought to you by friendship brewing company in wentzville missouri serving up all your craft beer needs over 25 rotating taps every day out there and all kinds of delicious beverages you got your uh burgers and uh flatbread pizzas, pretzels, salads, all kinds of tasty eats. And uh, you can get some great live music out there every weekend. On uh, Friday night, you got James Bertles, February 2nd. And on Saturday night, Fireside Duo, February 3rd. And uh, you over the summer, they launched their Fly High location out in Flint Hill, Missouri. Same great beer, all new dining experience out of their Fly High kitchen. So come out and see what is, what's going on out there at the Fly High location. Friday, live music from Josh Liddig, February 2nd. And Buddy Entwistle, Saturday, February 3rd. Just recently, they launched another third location in Hannibal, Missouri. And uh, you can come out there, pick up some Sidekick barbecue, and have a cold drink and have a great time at friendship brewing company find all their uh, information at friendshipbrewingcompany.com including their concert calendar beer menu and food menu and get plugged in with them on facebook and instagram for more info keep an eye out for uh fish fry fridays coming up real soon get plugged in on their uh email listing for uh, more info too friendshipbrewingcompany.com if you need anything from me you can always find me at rockpaperpodcast.com hit me up on the socials email me at rockpaperpodcast at gmail.com i would love to hear from you and uh with that out of the way sit back relax enjoy this special episode with jeff and jen nichols um podcast is kind of like a it's like a radio show that's not on the radio it's on, it's on the internet. Does that make sense? Uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> That's also like my mom. Uh, it makes it sound more confusing, doesn't it? Uh, it sounds like this. Rock, paper, podcast. This is beat, paper, paper, covers, rock, 
Rock beats is the shame covers non-stop, never know what new kind of guests that he's got coming at you. Live and direct on the spot could be rock, folk, country, or hip-hop, jazz. All kind of folks that he has could be an artist or a comedian to make you laugh on the Double-decker fudge round, rolling round town Shane coming at you live and direct from ground zero He's your hero, he's your bestie Rock, paper, podcast with Shane Presley Rock, paper, podcast Hey everybody, Shane Presley here, Rock Paper Podcast, coming to you from St. Louis, Missouri. Hanging out today with the returning guest, Jeff and Jen Nichols. Hey-o. Hey-o. Welcome back, guys. Glad to be here. Literally, glad yeah. to be here. <laughs> yeah, we, uh, I, you know, really like uh, I told you guys before we hit record, and, uh, you know, just been doing the show a long time and i just really been wanting to do more with friends and uh you know stuff uh, i've always wanted to have my mom on here and she always just put it off like uh you know like what am i gonna talk about kind of stuff and you know and then you know she's gone and like you know these uh, these i think about these things like i don't want to ever keep thinking that we're gonna have an an you know tomorrow tomorrow you yeah. know and this was a great reminder that you know it could be gone it could be over in a minute you know we never know so um, i'm thankful that that's not the case that uh yeah but uh you know this is a great reminder of that like you know we just never know when our time is up and stuff so absolutely um but uh and if you're ever presented with a chance to do a podcast or some kind of recording just jump in and do sure, it like right. somebody <clears throat> will somebody will help yeah. you and guide you through it and you'll yeah. get through it and then it'll be the coolest thing you ever did yeah, and I then you'll know. just want to do more when you just <laughs> said you wanted to get your mom on and uh Sad to hear you know you weren't able to do that because that's she I've seen awesome I've seen guest. some podcasts where the mothers and daughters you know and and uh, there's there's quite a few of them out there that and I like that concept I like that idea because you're right man you never know sure you're not guaranteed tomorrow so well and take you know, each day as it is and we've been you know uh, I've been fortunate enough to to record some of these with you know like. Some of our friends that have passed on, Matt Amalong and, yeah. uh, you know, some others along the way. But it's just like, and I'm thankful that I had those recordings, you know, uh, of us talking and having good memories, record, you know, to preserved on the mics and stuff. So well, and just to record that voice and to be able to play that back and hear their voice. Sure. That's something after my dad passed away. I didn't have, I don't have recordings of him. I did thankfully take some pictures so i do have pictures but i've gone through voicemails and mm -hmm. just record and i just don't have anything with his recorded fate uh with his recorded voice so yeah. i just don't i don't get that sure. and i feel like you know when you, you i mean probably would make me cry when right. i heard it but it would be nice to have so yeah there's yeah. does he have a voicemail set up still yeah, he so, never had a cell phone. Oh, he was he was yeah. so country. They yeah. cell phones didn't work out there. Like, yeah, I know. Uh, I know some people that you know they keep calling their voicemail and yeah. just to keep hearing it. But 
that kind of thing. No, I wish I wish he did. Yeah. And uh, that was one thing. If you called him, you called him on a landline, right? Uh, at at his house, and that was lucky to catch somebody because they were always out on the property doing work and stuff. So you always had to call certain times to know that you would catch them. Otherwise you're just a random luck of whether someone's there or not. Right. uh, Yeah. Yeah. Well, we wanted to really like what kind of kicked all this was uh, in gear was you, you guys just went through some stuff and uh, obviously uh, anybody that's friends with you guys have been following along uh, a little bit through the, through the internet, but uh, I thought it might help, uh, you know, kind of highlight some of this stuff uh, on here. And, um, but uh, I guess all all of it starts on January fifth, not very Friday, long ago. Friday, January fifth. Yeah. Yeah. I uh, I can tell you uh, first off, thank you to everybody that reached out to us. Thank you for all of the messages, the phone calls, um, just the overwhelming amount of people that came up to the hospital. Uh, unfortunately, I don't remember anything from probably january 5th that that afternoon till when it's the 7th no it was the seventh that came out well, well uh, you don't remember that's when anything I woke up, until but, the morning of the ninth I yeah think. so four days of i don't remember anything um so jen will tell you a lot of it but uh once we get to where i wake up and start remembering i can tell right. you all about it but uh i do not remember Friday, January fifth. Well, other than from what I've been told, let's uh, let's start with that morning. That you guys wake up like any other Friday. Yeah, we it work was a normal day. day. It was a yeah. work day. So we own our uh, we own our own business. It's like radio's like new to me now. Like I didn't do <laughs> this before. Do this? Yeah, I can't talk anymore. Um, it's like riding a bike, right? <laughs> so we we woke woke up like a normal day and we got ready for work. We had just. Uh, bid and it was accepted for a pretty huge job that we first were job of the year that we were starting and it was going to be our first big job of 2024 of 2024 yeah and so we had it was off a of telegraph so we got to uh head out there and and we uh had been cutting in we, it was a paint job and uh we kind of cut in shit we cut in almost the whole house and, thursday uh, and friday because yeah. we had worked on it f- First day was Thursday, second day was Friday. Um, but it was a scheduled concert day for Outrun the Fall. They were having a show at Diamond, so we uh, got up extra early that day. And so we could uh, end our work day early because um, we always help with load-in and stuff with them. So a concert with them for us starts at 4, I think we met there at 4.45, 4.30, 4.45 like p.m., um, so I think we ended our workday by between noon and two. I don't remember exactly. We were home by two. <clears throat> but so. I remember not feeling good that day too. Yeah. I was, so I had kind of prior to this all happening, I was having issues where I wasn't feeling good. I was having pains in my chest and was taking it for heartburn, ta- taking it for granted that I never had the shooting pain down my arm. It was always... Like right in my throat area, just like right, the middle of your chest, yeah, like the middle, yeah. And I would, I would sit there and take it for uh, just back pains. For I, I've gone to chiropractors, I've done all that. So I would take those pains as 
Well, I'm working. I do a lot of physical work. I've done it ever since I was You've gone to the doctor for the pains and they've put you on indigestion medicine. Like yeah. he's had a stress test. He had a stress test done four years ago at 40. Um, I, I and there was nothing. Something. I always had a feeling that, uh, that a heart attack was going to get me kind of Young. one of those. I just, I swear I've always, I've never said it out loud up until this point in time now that it has happened um, but you've said it to me i okay i've said it to her but <laughs> i haven't he like, literally has told me within the last five to seven years that he thought like he almost had a premonition he's like i just feel like i'm going to die young of a heart attack yep so at 40 he was like, I'm 40, I need to go get checked out. So yes. he told the doctor that he wants the stress test. And they were like, you don't need a stress test, you're yeah, 40. You, why, why, you, why you need this? You're only, you're and too he's young. Like, and I'm I like, just feel like it, like, yeah. I just feel like it needs to be checked out. So he mm -hmm. did this stress test. At, so this was four years ago, he's 44 now. And everything came back good. They um, said I had the heart of a 20 year old. Yeah. And, and that, that I was good, that my yeah. numbers were all good, that, you know, there was no, so... I don't know. I mean, yeah, he didn't have high blood pressure. He doesn't have high cholesterol. He's not diabetic. He's not overweight. So, you know, after all this is done, you get all these papers and it tells you all the things that lead up to it. Well, Jeff doesn't fit any of that criteria. So, so we'll get into that. So we did search, oh, sorry, we searched for a bunch of answers afterwards, I think, mm -hmm. to find out why. And we'll get into a little bit of that in the recovery, but as yeah, as far as that day went, um, we woke up normal. It was no, it was a pretty normal day. He had, while working, um, mentioned just kind of not feeling good, just a little. I was having a lot of pressure in my chest. I mean, mm -hmm. I was definitely having. Now that I look back on it, symptoms, the symptoms, but right. but again, were, when you're checked out at 40 and everything's good, and now you're only 44, I wouldn't expect to be having right. that. So, I, I feel like I also need to say for those of you that don't know, I work in the medical field and I work at an assisted living nursing, uh, nursing home as needed now that we started our own business, but I've done that for 15 years, so uh, geriatric geriatric patients are like my forte that I've done for 15 years. So I, I know the signs of a heart attack. I've been there when people are stroking out, having seizures and, and all these things that, that happen. Um, but again, nothing was flagging me at him like being 44 years old, that he, that these were heart conditions, that it was a heart condition that he was having and, or even leading up to a heart attack until looking back now, I can say, yes, this day was this week, you know, what happened yeah. this week, three weeks ago was, um, and actually probably a couple years leading up to it makes, there's some things that now I can point out, but nothing that I would have right. figured out to be able to prevent anything right. from happening. I would have never gone to the, I mean, I've never had a, a reason to be like, I need to go, go to the, I'm, go to the hospital. I'm having these, it was always just stuff that I've kind of dealt with. And, and again, like she said, when you're, when you, I don't fit the criteria. It, it really threw me for, I mean, it, I couldn't believe it when I, I mean, I, mean, yeah. I woke up and I'm like, where am I? Right. What am I, how, what happened? Um, couldn't believe what happened. Um, but yeah, so, so Friday. So you guys made it to Diamond. Yeah. 
So we made it to Diamond. So that was going to be a big show for us. Uh, Our Run the Fall was playing with Trapped. It was actually a big show for them. Uh, They played with Trapped and uh, Mr. Malone. And uh, we are actually friends with Pete, the bass player in Trapped from California. I'm really good friends with his girlfriend. Hey, Barb. And... uh, Fabs. I we were really excited to see him because they were in from we California. We haven't seen Pete, yeah, in two, well, since two years. And we I had a present to give to Pete to take back to Babs, and and it was um, we were really excited. We were really excited for the show. I wish I could remember it. Um, so we got there at four forty-five, and we helped load a little bit of equipment. Jeff just really wasn't. He was starting. By the time we got there, I feel like he was really starting to go downhill now looking at it. He was really trying to hang in there, but he was just very uncomfortable. Apparently, a lot of, uh, like Brandon was saying that, just a look in my face, like... you were starting to people were starting to tell I wasn't feeling good, but I don't remember. Like apparently Brandon said I just went and sat at a table and put my head down and like mm-hmm. I don't know, Jen said I went out to the car and apparently yeah. throwing up and getting I don't So about five I wanna say between five thirty and six probably. He um Told me that he was going to go outside. And at this time, we had set up the merch table. And so everything was out. The money bag was out. And I tend to try not to leave the table. Um, they had done a meet and greet. So there were a handful of guests there. Um, actual, like, regular concert attendees that they just, after the meet and greet, just kind of let them linger around, which was fine. Um, but for the most part, the doors weren't open yet. So it was just the bands and the bands setting up our close friends and all that stuff. So about between 5.30 and 6, Jeff tells me that he doesn't feel good. He's getting nauseous, feels nauseous, feels like he's going to throw up. So he's going to go ahead and go outside, get get some fresh air, sit in the van for a little while. Time-wise, I want to say he was out there maybe 15, 20 minutes. And then he came back inside and found me. And he said... um, and I, you know, I, I did get sick out there and I started throwing up and it was just like, after I threw up everything, then I was just dry heaving and it's like, it almost wouldn't stop and I couldn't, uh, there's nothing coming out anymore, but he's like, I'm okay now. I got it to stop for a little bit. He was like, but I don't know. He's like, I don't really want to be in here because I don't want to have to like go to the bathroom and get sick in here and as he's telling me this he's like well I feel like I'm going to get sick again so I'm just going to go back outside basically where he felt more comfortable so I would say definitely by 6 6.15 at this time he went back outside and it was only a couple minutes this time and something I don't know I started putting things together so I went and told Brandon, I said, hey, um, Jeff's outside, you know, everything's set up at the merch table. I'm going to go outside and check on him and uh, just make sure he's okay. And so I get out to the car or to the van. Jeff's sitting in the driver's seat and uh, he was alert and oriented. We were talking. He wasn't feeling well, definitely could tell. I don't remember any of this. But um, he was was talking. He was awake and... um, the heaving 
wouldn't stop. And that was starting to concern me. And like, it was still like his body was just, I don't know. It was almost like, I've never experienced anything like it. And like I said, previously being in the medical field, I've, I've been on scene of many, not many, but several enough. heart attacks right. enough to, 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 to know. And this is not one that I had seen. So I really didn't know that um, vomiting and nausea was a sign of a heart attack, which is so. They're so general on what yeah. the signs of a heart attack yeah. is. And I think that's why we never thought again, because I'm not at the age that you would expect to have them. I'm not. I don't fit the qualities and mentalities or whatever of having it. So, yeah, it was you, you going through it. You learn a lot of what the symptom. And now that you look back on it, knowing what the symptoms were, you can see it building up. Yeah. So at this point, um, the heaving a little subsided a little bit. Um, he. Our, our, uh, the, the guys from Hour on the Fall, everybody came out and um, we were all, they were outside of my window. We were all conversing together. Um, we smoked a cigarette. Brandon left to go get batteries because... Josh forgot them or some somebody needed Ebo batteries. needed batteries. Somebody. somebody needed batteries. So Brandon went right around the corner to get batteries. And... Um, Everybody else headed back inside. So at this point, it's me and Jeff. And nobody else was around. Doors weren't open yet. So really, no one was really like coming yet. Um, Thank God. The it was parking pretty lot, empty parking lot still. I could have used some help. Yeah. All right. <laughs> uh, the parking lot was really empty at this point. And uh, it was almost like instantly as, as they walked away, um, he just started this this heaving and this uh and it was almost like he wasn't breathing in between these heaves and at this point i had already asked him if he wanted to go first of all i had asked him if he wanted to go home i was going to drive him home and drop him off at home and go back up there um had i had done that i would have came back home and found him dead in my bed right so luckily that didn't work out um so he, as that's happening, I said, do you want to go to the hospital? Because at this point, I'm still thinking that I could get him there. Um, not knowing where we're getting ready, you know, what road we're getting ready to go down. And no, he didn't want to go. Um, mind you, we don't have insurance. So I have to think that in the back of his head, he's like, we don't have the money to do that, regardless of what he was feeling or going on. And that sucks when you don't have insurance. You don't, you know, you, you try to stay out of the hospitals. You try to stay out of the doctors. Yeah. Um, try not we've to been able to maintain our medications and our regular doctor's appointments and all of those things. But as far as emergency rooms and things like that, we tend to try to stay out of and, and just not uh, accumulate all those medical bills. And uh, so his answer was no. And he just... Um, again, I'm going to express this heaving because it wasn't like anything... I've ever experienced in my life. And it was to the point to where he's doing it so much. We're not just sitting in the van because nothing's coming up. So he doesn't have to be like bending over or anything. Um, and it's almost like he's not breathing in between it. And like, I'm watching, I'm listening, I'm paying attention. And all of a sudden, and for anyone that works in 
in my line of work, you know of what the death rattle is. And I hear him take a breath like that. And then that's it. I didn't hear anything else of his breathing. And so, of course, I started like looking more intently at him and his eyes had rolled in the back of his head and his tongue wasn't sticking out of his mouth, but his mouth was open and his tongue was definitely uh, diagonal to where technically it was. So in my even then, in my mind, I'm like, he's having a seizure. Um, so I went immediately from wife mode to medical mode. Like I almost turned off that he's even my husband. And um, I kind of, I bent right over and I smacked his face for the, are you she, okay? Are she, you okay? She, this is where she took advantage of all the years she wanted to smack me. Sure. She smacked me around apparently a couple of times. Yeah. And that's when I didn't respond. That's when she started right. checking for a pulse and there was no pulse. So I hopped out of the passenger side. As I hopped out of the passenger side, I'm dialing 911 on my phone. I get to the driver's side. I immediately threw his seat back. Um, 911, it rang six times before anyone answered. I have never in my life experienced that. I've always called and almost before you get through a full ring, it's picked up on. Um, I don't know. I was super focused on that. So I, I, I know exactly how many rings it was <laughs> before they answered because I'm like, great, no one's going to answer. Um, and so as I get around to the driver's side and open the driver's side door, I threw his seat back because I knew I wasn't going to be able to pull him out um, and do anything. Also, as I'm calling 911 and opened his driver door, my phone miraculously connected to Bluetooth. So that was perfect for me because I could throw my phone. 911's on the speakers through the car. And so I had both of my hands. So I had already started CPR before they even got me on the phone with medics. Um, then when they get me on the phone with medics, they start going through trying to tell me how to do CPR. And I just let them because at that point I didn't have time to explain myself i was right. just already doing it so compressions had already Man, this started. is how you do it i'm already doing it i'm good <laughs> yeah. thank you um time wise i think i did compressions for about 10 minutes on my own um again there was nobody around well in this my time phones being occupied Brandon was coming back i mean our, our friends were starting to show back up too because yeah right at the 10 minute mark you, um yeah. paramedics were starting to come in the parking lot i had given enough direction where they knew exactly where to find us I, and this is still in the van he's still in the van yeah. everything happened in the van um i hate that van by the way now <laughs> i um yeah, i was able to tell them you know we're in a black van in the parking lot um, I'll, I'm throwing my hazards on so you can find us. So I, I had, everyone's like, how did you not panic? I don't, I don't want anyone to think that I didn't panic, but through the panic, I was able to keep my senses. She's the hero. Sure. Yeah. Everybody says I'm the, she, in my opinion, is the miracle. And because, I mean, doctor, the, the well, cardiologist. I feel even like the said, EMTs and the cardiologist is the hero because I only, okay, yeah. if they say, had I not started when I started, he never would have made it to the hospital. To so there was, there was apparently, there was 45 minutes that I was out 
45 right. minutes of CPR. She did about 10 or 15 minutes of it. Uh, shout out to our friend Don. Don jumped in and took over when she couldn't do it anymore. And Don did it until the paramedics got there. And then the paramedics did it for probably another 20, 25 minutes. Um, I technically flatlined four times. Um, I mean, theoretically, you flatlined on me, which is when I started the CPR. And then once the medics got him between the medics and the hospital, he flatlined three more times. Hmm. Um, he was paddled. Oh, man. You ever get paddled, boy? They, <laughs> I look like I had almost like waffle iron marks. So and I had unfortunately, them on my I can't show pictures yeah, on this, on but the, I'll show Shane a picture because it burned me. So, I mean, I had paddle burns from where they shocked me they burn yeah. you and then they turn into blisters whoa yeah. Yeah. yeah and they're like these little bitty circles but i had them on the front so like, they would pedal my front when he woke up and- the blisters had like open and like stuck to the sheets on the bed because yeah it was bad he hmm. and he didn't know and he's like what's what's this <laughs> so really woke up um, asking a lot of questions right so we I ride in the ambulance with him. Well, okay. Also, I got interrogated, and I know why now, but at that point in time, it was offensive. Sure. And I I was pissed because how dare you? And But we were in a parking lot. We were at a venue. It was just the two of us. They wanted to know what kind of drugs we were doing. They want to know if they needed to hit him with Narcan. Yeah, and she's like, no, no. And, I, and they weren't taking my no for a good answer. So um, then and that was the medics. Well, then they escorted me to the front of the ambulance, and then I was almost reinterrogated by the police because now officers are standing at the door, and they want to know, you know. And, and again, it's they have to know, you know, and, and I get that, but – I've I also was like, why didn't they believe me when I like if I knew that it was drugs and that you needed the Narcan and then a Narcan would save you. Right. But I, and then I had to think they've been in this situation before and somebody has lied about it. Sure. And because they don't want to get themselves in trouble or whatever the case may be. So I'm over it now. <laughs> yeah. But the day of and the couple days leading up after where that was pretty um intense for me because i knew it wasn't they, drugs they, yeah they wanted they wanted to know what drugs we were on which was none but then when i get to the hospital boy i got some of the best drugs ever <laughs> apparently too bad i don't remember them but i was getting uh, ketamine and profavol and all sorts of good stuff so now we're in, in a coma they pulled him out of the car um got him on the gurney got him in the ambulance they put me in the front seat of the ambulance. I haven't been in an ambulance in a really long time, and apparently they're super high tech now. And so when you sit in the front seat, there's a video camera a monitor right in front of you, and I'm just watching them work on him. And like, they, his arm was like hanging off the side of the gurney, and I'm just watching him like not come back. And they're just working and we're not going anywhere. So the amb- they have a whole perimeter blocked off of us and not letting any of our friends through. Because by this time, 
Right, everybody's out. Todd, I think, was in the car when it was happening, which I didn't know. And then, like, went inside. Maybe Josh was in the car. I don't remember who it was. But he um, kind of picked up on what was going. So he went inside to get everyone else. And then everybody else was trying to come outside to see what happened. But then they were blocking everybody off. So at this time, our friends have no idea what's happening. I mean, this is my best friend in the whole world right. that knows literally everything and all he can do is stand stand and and watch not. and and know that the ambulance isn't moving and and why aren't they taking him well fact of the matter is is an ambulance can't move and won't move until somebody is stable enough for them so basically they were going to stay there long enough to where they knew they couldn't get him back and they would have to call it right there or stabilize him enough to be able to, and even when they started moving, uh, the guys in the back were yelling about how, you know, be careful, go slow. Like, I guess certain bumps and speeds and stuff could have um, made, change. could have changed anything. But um, so they obviously got him stable enough to get him to the hospital. I know there was epinephrine given, like lots of it. Um, I know there was lots of paddles given in the ambulance, um, our paddles done. I know six broken um, ribs, lots of CPR. I know there was four, uh, four men, four EMT men that were taking turns, um, doing the CPR. So he wants to blame me for the six broken ribs. I do not. No, 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 no. I blame the manly EMTs just to take that off of me. I think everybody Um, else has blamed you for breaking my ribs being the the aggression again, where she slapped me around a little bit. You know, the, is he really out? And you slap the person around and you're like, okay, this is no joke. And then joke is, is that she took all of her aggression and, pounded on my chest but she does know what she's doing and i really do think it was the other guy i don't know i i mean i I, I don't know i know know in my experience uh generally you feel you can feel it again my adrenaline was probably a little higher with that being my husband talking about you going back to me panicking that was kind of my panic um i'm i am even more calm when it's not my husband it's just something i've always been able to do um in a in an emergency situation which and my nursing team loves it because i can handle handle a scene um so you get to the hospital we get to the hospital and they take him straight in so when you get to a hospital on ambulance if you've ever gone by ambulance the first room to the left is your critical room that's where anyone that's your emergency triage of the the most emergency patients stop there first if if it's just a minor thing they'll take you to a regular room they don't stop you there so um they offered me to go in with them at that point i had seen enough i don't want to say that i lost all faith because I always have some faith, but I was already starting to prepare. There was a point from the stories I've heard from Jen and my my parents and family that they all had to cope with the fact that I may not have made it. Mm-hmm. Um, honestly, even the cardiologist said my chances of making it were slim to none. Um, 
that's why they call me a miracle. And it's like, I think she's the miracle for doing what she did in the line of, you know, stress and, and uh, fear. She kept her cool. And I, I mean, if it wasn't for her, I, I wouldn't be here. They, they I almost said passed that. out on you. They said that. You then did. we both would have died. Yeah, that would have not been good. I'm pretty sure the whole time I'm like, you're not fucking leaving me as I'm doing the compressions. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> like, I instead, had, I'm sure instead I Instead of some doing joy. it to, uh, uh, right. uh, One, two, three, alive. four. And she's like, you're not dying on me. You're not dying, <laughs> fucker. Stop it. <laughs> um. So, yeah, I, I had my few choice words with him. Sure. Um, so we get to the hospital. They offered me, like I said, to go into that that first triage room, and I said, "No, I think I'm gonna. I think I'll stand out here." By this time, my family's showing up too. From oh, what yeah. I understand, I mean, I call. So I when I was in the the ambulance before we left the parking lot, the one and only phone call I made was to my daughter. Um, she's 18, so I didn't feel as bad because technically she's an adult, and I couldn't have picked a better person i mean from that point on she just manned so much for me so yeah she did she and i was i don't even remember how that phone call went but i was able to tell her that something happened to jeff and he wasn't responsive and she needed to get a hold of his parents um his son was already here so my daughter his son got in a car together and um which my also my daughter doesn't drive with anyone and she hopped in my stepson's car as the passenger so we know that this is serious because my daughter is now putting her life in the hands of someone that she would never (laughs) and uh his parents weren't answering so come to find out they were at a volleyball game for one of his nieces uh both of his parents his mom and his dad and his sister were there and uh, they were at the recplex, so not far away. We didn't have any idea about this. So as the ambulance, because they had been in, stayed in the parking lot so long trying to stabilize him, his parents made it to the hospital and were walking up as the ambulance hmm. pulled in. So uh, I'm pretty sure it's an image that his mom will right. never forget because she was standing there as they wheeled him out. And at this point, again, he's not responsive both of his arms and they're still working on him and both of his arms are limp hanging off the side of the gurney and when you arrive and and that's the first thing you see you just um yeah i uh as you as you say that like uh, not to uh take away from the story but there was uh my brother was in a bad car accident uh at like i think he was like 14 at the time uh, the guy driving had just got his license that day. Um, one of our scary. I mean, yeah, we have teenagers, right. so it's like one of our scariest things. And they, I don't know. I'm sure they were encouraging him or whatever, you know. But uh, he was doing like a hundred, rolled it off this top of this hill, like started barrel rolling, wrapped the car around a tree, and split the like this like split the car in half. And then Jesus, my brother is like ejected from the car and. It was a horrific thing, and then uh, it was uh, luckily all three made it out alive somehow. Like the cars wow. looks like a tin can, you know, like but it's but they it somehow. All so uh, my they airlifted my brother to 
uh, Lake St. Louis first. Um, and then they noticed that he had internal bleeding and stuff. So they were going to run him down to uh, Cardinal Glennon. Oh, yeah, because he was 14. <laughs> and uh, so they get him on a uh, helicopter and, and taking him down there. Um, by this point, I I'd got to the hospital with my family. Uh, and I got into my dad's truck, and my dad made it to Cardinal Glenn in the same time that the helicopter did, as as they're bringing my brother off of, so he, off, like off the helicopter and stuff. And I'm just like, I mean, we were it's home. an image that we, you never yeah, forget, for sure. Right? So I I connect, you know was right there with them, but it's just like man, my dad was like hauling ass down the highway trying to get there and stuff. Like right. so, I imagine you know same thing with. Your parents are probably doing the same thing. They probably just, you know. Yeah, so. well, and just the fact that they were so close. Right. I mean, they don't they don't live far away sure. anyways. But being we were at Diamonds and then the yeah. Replexes, I think it's four, all right four there in that vicinity. Away. It was yeah. really right. crazy. Right. So, um, man, yeah, we'd only they all showed up at the same time. So the waiting room's already starting to fill up with his mom, his dad, his sister. Mm. Um, our son or my son, my daughter, his son. So then I also find out that oh, man. his daughter is on her honeymoon, like literally left Friday morning for Florida. Yeah, they were, they were going to Disney for their honeymoon and they were, had made it to Atlanta and um, we had to tell her hmm. and then we had to make the decision and with her to turn around and come home. So, Fortunately, right now she has missed her honeymoon, but we're in the process of the family's in the process of helping her reschedule and she was able to get some things reimbursed and, and things like that. Sure. So they won't be out. It is, it is rescheduled for August and in the end that all works out for them. But yes, so yeah. she had to come home from Atlanta. Um, so at this time I'm standing in the hallway of triage still and they're just. I mean, they're still doing CPR and there's a whole team of seemed eight to 12 people in there and paddles are still happening and epinephrine still happening and, and nothing seems to be progressing um, in a manner that makes me feel good. So again, and I knew that the time uh, we're, we're just adding time at this point and um I at that at that time I just asked to go out to the waiting room. I said I think I need to be with my family because um I really thought the next doctor or nurse well the next doctor that I seen was going to be calling it and uh I needed to be with the family instead of sure. them tell me and then go tell the family. So I go out to the family um fill them in for as much as I can of, of what had happened and what was going on to that point. And, um, we just kind of sat and waited. I did, um, the most responsible thing I could do. And I knew if they came out and told me that he didn't make it, that I was going to be in no shape to be able to console his son and I knew that he would need someone there. So I called um, his mother, which is Jeff's ex-wife, and asked, told her everything that was going on and asked her to come be there. Um, she showed up in the emergency room and really never 
left my side until he got to come home. So that's a new found. We've always been cordial, but it's a deeper friendship, I think, now. Um, some mm-hmm. of the good that came out uh, out of that, we really took our kids together and just try to console them and and talk them through it and and be as transparent as possible with also like, um, yeah, I mean, just being there for them. Sure. I mean, they're they're eighteen, so they're technically grown adults, but you you can't prepare yourself for something like that, right? So, um, yeah, at that so, time mm. we had probably already 10, 11 people in the emergency waiting room just waiting. Um, anyone that walked out or, or walked in, you know, I got the feeling of dread. The, the first ones that walked out were two police officers and they literally my heart dropped because i just knew what they were going to tell us and all they did was come over to ask us if we were okay and if we needed anything Mm. and i was like i can't do this (laughs) you guys got um so finally somebody came out and told us okay back it up a little bit brandon shows up mr is supposed to have a concert for traps brandon shows up um they would. I left my purse there and he brought my purse to me. And so he's in the emergency room and, and we're talking and I was like, you got to go back. You got to do the show. He's like, I'm not, I'm not leaving you here. I'm like, you can't do this. Like he would, he wouldn't want you to, to, to miss this show and not do it. And at this point, like doors are open and it's almost showtime. Like right. Mr. Malone should be going on soon. And, um, so as me and Brandon are talking, the main triage doctor at that time comes out and tells us they were able to stabilize him. They have called in the cardiologist. He's about five to 10 minutes away. He's generally pretty fast at getting here. As soon as the cardiologist gets here, they'll take him back for whatever surgery would have to be done. So we were able to take that breath because that was the first sign of us knowing that uh, the first first of us being told that they were able to stabilize them. So I could eliminate the dread of the, he didn't make it conversation, at least at that point. Still questionable, but still but, questionable. But at least they said I was stable. So yeah, that, that's mean, the good news. They didn't they give got. up on him. Right. So come to find out he had, a. Uh, a couple things going for him of the reasons why they didn't give up on him. Um, one was because even from the ambulance, they were able to get some kind of rhythm, even if it wasn't like stable, it was enough for them to keep working. Um, also had he had been older, uh, senior 55, 65, 75, they wouldn't have continued for that long. They would have let him go. So his age he had working for him because he was young um, could take it and still potentially bounce back for it from it is why they continued for 45 minutes. Um, so we get that word so everybody can kind of – I remember um, I hit my knees in the middle of the waiting room. I am not a public prayer. I'm not a 
I I believe in my higher power. I believe in the good juju. I believe in, you know, the universal lining for you. I believe in good vibes. Um, I'm not outwardly spoken about it or anything, but I know that I hit my knees right there and I just prayed for everything to work out one way or another. Um, if that At that point, if that meant that I had to bring my husband home and he was going to be a complete invalid and brain dead or i mean that that would have answered that yeah they said yeah so um many things going through my head at this time we we have we know nothing so the cardiologist gets there goes in finds out what's going on checks him out comes out and tells us there's two things he can uh, take them back, check it out. If it's a stint, they can do a stint right there. If it is more than a stint, such as a bypass open heart surgery, they would have to transfer him to MOBAP um, because he didn't do that. That that specific cardiologist didn't do that there. He, he didn't do open heart. He just did stints. He just did the stint. So luckily they took Jeff back right away and I would say in less than an hour they came back and said that they got his stint in his heart is functioning great and um, from there he is going to ICU but they kept me out too they kept me knocked out for what two days two full days I was in a coma. Yeah. I mean, they kept me medically induced in a coma for yeah, and the first 48 to 56 hours, yeah. something like that. It was 52 total hours. But um, so the cardiologist then comes out and tells us, so we're just getting good news after good news. Like, first of all, the fact that he made it through 45 minutes of CPR was the first blessing miracle. The second one was that the, that it was only a stint needed. And that was the cardiologist that there that could only, you know, he only did the stint. So luckily he didn't have to transfer out. The cards fell into our hands. And then with the stint, I mean, he was amazed at how well his heart started working immediately after the stint was put in. So now we are in ICU. They walk the family, or they had walked us from the ER to the cath lab waiting room um, where we got to sit a little more comfortable and just our family and wait for the surgery to actually be done. And they would come in, he came in and talked to us. And then um, from the cath waiting room, when he was finished with that and went to ICU, the doctor was like, I'm probably doing this too soon. I always get in trouble for doing this, but I'm walking you up there. And then as soon as they're ready for you, you'll be able to walk right into his room, but only two of you. So me and his son go in this little closet meeting room which happened to be right across from his icu room and we're thinking that you were gonna you know just in a couple minutes we're just gonna get to go in there and um they're not telling us anything at this time but two hours later they let us go into his icu room and it took them two hours to stabilize him 
once he got to ICU. So um, that was the wait there. The, the doctor, I mean, he called it. He's like, I always do this too soon and I always get yelled at. But um, he was really nice. Um, the doctor, yeah. Dr. Mis- Missler. Missler. Dr. Missler, Missler is his cardiologist. Missler. So he's um, he's an awesome doctor out of Barnes Jewish. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, if anyone needs a heart doctor, we 100% recommend him. So we, um, yeah, I go into ICU. And he has tubes just breathing for him and he's out and he just doesn't look like himself. And Leighton, uh, Jeff's son had already walked back to the waiting room whenever I got to go in there. And I almost think it was, everything happened exactly the way that it needed to. Um, So I was able to see Jeff and know, and then go back to the waiting room and be like, Leighton, I need to, talk to you about what you're about to see because this isn't a state that you've ever probably seen anyone in. Um, He's not opening his eyes. He's not talking to you. He's not responding. He's not going to. And at this point, we don't know if he ever will. So then those are the conversations the doctors start having with us, like 45 minutes of no oxygen to the brain Um, It only takes three to five minutes for brain damage to start setting in. So there's a possibility that he may never wake up from this and be completely brain dead. And then those are conversations that we have to go forward on. What steps do we want to take? So the very first day definitely the first night into the first day it was a lot of family conversations of um what that could possibly look like and how far we were gonna go and and how far would jeff want to go and the very very hard conversations that you don't expect to have to be having um do you had you two ever had those conversations at all like i know you mentioned it like the you always felt like a hard tech, but yeah. As far as the hard right. things, I mean, I know we we had had conversations. Like we both knew that know that we want to be cremated, so I knew that there wouldn't be like full services and things like that. But as far as like uh, life decisions, like like, right. like being brain dead, and and would you want to stay on that, or would right. you want me to take? I feel like we know each other kind of inside and out to where like I would know the answer without right. him having to say it. Um, but yeah, I don't think that those were conversations that we had personally had. Mm -hmm. I know that I have a DNR, um, watching this situation. I don't know that I want to carry a DNR at 40 years old because that could have been me. Right. And then they wouldn't have brought me back. And then I would just be gone when Mm -hmm. I had every ability to be brought back. If that makes sense. It really puts some other things into perspective for me because I was always like, no way do I want CPR. I don't want the broken ribs. If I'm going to die, then I'm meant to die right then and just let me go. Also not thinking that something would happen at our age. Which is really weird. And I've said it since it's happened that I can't wrap my head around the fact that I don't remember any of it. I don't remember like Friday's a blur and I don't remember... But the fact that I could have never woke up 
I wouldn't have known any different. Do you know what I'm saying? Sure. There was no. So he gets a lot of the questions like, did you see the light? Did you see the pearly gates? Did you? I did not. He didn't. Mm-hmm. I didn't. Um, it, which is fine. Um, I don't know. I, I just didn't. But, but it really bothers me mentally. Um, that, that could have been the last time I saw my family and I would, I would have, I would have never known. And then to hear the stories of them telling me of the thing, like my son's got a video that, what was it? Saturday, I guess in ICU, I was still out. Um, and, uh, there was a hockey game on and me and my son watched the blues games every time we're, we're big fans of it, you know? And so my son told the nurses it was written on the board in the ICU if the blues are playing please turn the game on for my, for dad and uh so my son's got a video of watching the blues game and I'm out you know got the tubes in my mouth and and I'm out but my son's like hey dad got the blues game on I know I know you know you would want to watch it you know and, and like commented the whole thing and like you. watching that stuff it was very hard very emotional um to hear hear the stories to hear the stuff that they went through that never would have crossed I mean I, I would I would have had no clue to it and I think that bothers me uh emotionally that it could have been the last time I saw my kids that Friday morning, that Friday afternoon, whatever it was, um, could have been the last time I saw anybody, you know? And I think, I don't know. I don't know which, which is harder. Like the fact that they went through what they went through and then sometimes like what I like the, this is this is another thing too. My thoughts ever since this has happened, I I he loses his. I can't. I lose my wording. track of thoughts uh, of words. And he gets frustrated. And I'm getting emotional. Um, it's yeah. it's been really hard for him to hear the stories just um, for the fact that he just didn't know. And right. it's almost like every time uh, he does hear it, it's it's almost like the first time he. Or going through it, um, I don't think rating who had it harder is fair. I think sure. in, in different no in different aspects, uh, everybody's mental psyche afterwards was affected. Whether it was yours in in the sense that it was, which is different than probably mine and your mom's and and Layton's and and even my grandparents and my family and stuff. Uh, I think it was equally uh, hard for everyone in in their own in their own ways. Mm-hmm. Uh, again, and I always told him since. So all of a sudden, done. He was in the hospital for five days. I'll go back to Brandon. So Brandon was there when they came out and said that he made it. And I looked at Brandon and I said, "Brandon, he made it. Go play your show." And Brandon yeah. Told me that he couldn't leave again. Like I'm not leaving you. And I literally like grabbed his face and I was like, "Go play the show." I was like, "He's fine. I will keep you updated. Like everything's ready wanted. to go. This is to what go. he would want. He, regardless of what's gonna happen, transpire with him. 
um, this is what he would want. So Brennan went and they played the show and he said it might've been one of the hardest shows that he ever played, but that show went on that night. They did a whole, um, uh, tribute to, you know, when they got on and then kind of explained the commotion going on in the parking lot as the show started and, and did a whole like raise your glass to Jeff and, and diamond really showed up and showed out for you that night. And, and afterwards too, um, a huge thank you to Topher, Johnny and Michael, the owners of diamond music hall who dedicated one of their show nights, um, as a benefit for Jeff and, uh, it was pretty amazing and, and selfless of them to do that for us. And so, uh, I think them in person, <laughs> I told, I saw Topher. So that was, um, like last Sunday, I think it was, uh, two Sundays ago. I don't even remember the date it was. It's been but, like four weeks now. It's fine. <laughs> anyways, it's, uh, I remember telling Topher, I said, Hey man, I really appreciate you know what you guys are doing oh, yeah. for us and Topher says well it's the least i could do for you not dying in our parking lot right. he's like i appreciate yeah. you not dying in our parking lot and i was like yeah me too so and we've been able to too. laugh about a lot of things and definitely like make some jokes through it so but, but yeah. definitely our yeah humor kept us going sure so um yeah we're in icu and uh saturday we're still in icu and so the plan is, is that for 24 hours, we are going to cool his body down to 90, I want to say 95 degrees. It's pretty cold if you think about it. And so they had this whole ice suit on him from top to bottom. The only thing not iced down was his head. And um, this... The reason for this is because basically it puts all of your major organs to sleep. Just kind of like idles them while the two organs that needed the nutrients and the curing and stuff, which would have been his brain and his heart, it allows all of the blood flow to go to the to the things that needed it at that time. Um, so for 24 hours, he was being froze out. Um, he was violently. Apparently I was getting upset with the nurses at this time or the procedures. No, you weren't, you weren't up yet. Well, you weren't, you hadn't, you didn't know. No, not yet. No, he was completely out, but his body was going into convulsions, convulsions. Um, they thought that he was seizing, like having seizures, um, mm. which would right. point to things going on in the brain, which at this time we think that there's major brain problems. Um, so they started him on seizure medicines through his drip and um, never... <laughs> This is where my mom's like, it's because he's cold. It's never Just get this crap off of him. The seizure medicines weren't happening or weren't helping. He's still shaking and convulsing. So, um, basically, for twenty four hours, he shook, and it was, um, it was hard to watch. Sure. It was hard to watch because there was nothing that we could do to to help him, and um, 
24 hours after that, they automatically start warming your body back up to regular temperature. And so the first 24 hours of him being cold happened. The seizure medication he's getting the whole time, they were giving him Keppra, um, wasn't helping the the shaking or the convulsions. And um, as <laughs> soon as his body got back up to, you know, a little bit warmer and the, the frigid starts coming off of him, all of a sudden the shaking stops. Like the guy was just fucking cold. My mom's like, he's freezing. Of course, he he's hates. Gonna be, shake. She's it, like, he hates being it, cold. And I do. I, so it doesn't um, take much for me to shiver. I mean, but, good. Good thing with the seizure medication that he was taking, it, it was no harm, no foul. It didn't hurt him if it right. wasn't seizures, but it would help him if it was. So um, it was what it was on that part. So yeah, yeah, as soon as he warmed up, he calmed down, and we never had to see him shake again. So 48 hours, he warms up or, you know, 24 hours of warming up. He's at the temperature that we want him to be. So day three in ICU, we are going to start weaning him off of the Michael Jackson drug is what he got to take. Yeah. Pro Don't Michael Jackson, uh, me. Propofol. Pro Propofol. Pro pro whatever. Uh, I'm so bad at names it doesn't matter uh, just the michael thing. jackson but drug. yes it was Sedation. he was on yeah. he was on the michael jackson drug that was what was keeping him out yeah so we're gonna start yeah. taking off all these drugs and we're gonna see if he wakes up um during these three days many doctors had told us like don't expect him to wake up you know right. we plan got, the brain things right and, they gotta prepare you for the worst too uh right? they they do um right. but they were very much letting us know that right. they were not optimistic sure well, Ryan, you're you're thinking forty five minutes of no oxygen or Correct. you know, little oxygen from CBR and like they, everything else. Correct. Like I don't know how many times I heard <clears throat> just after I woke up in those days that I did was competent enough to know i can't tell you how many times i heard i can't believe you're here right. i can't believe i'm sitting here talking to you and you're not in the first two days of him being in icu so that would be saturday and sunday he had between 130 and 150 visitors they had a sheet just for me because so many like when you go in and check in you have to tell them who you're here to see right. and we had i try to get the sheet we had trying to get a copy of it. I was shut down because it. of HIPAA. Right. I'm like, this is our thing. Like, right. why? Like, I'm not asking for anyone else's information. Right. But yeah, apparently they had a, they had to put a whole separate sheet that just was just for me because we had so many people coming in and visiting. And uh, we had somebody asked his mom, your mom, mom was questioned if. I was who who am I? Is this a famous celebrity? <laughs> like who is this person? Right. Who is he? And my mom's like, he's just a loved guy. Yeah. Just a just somebody that's loved. So and I mean, definitely the whole family felt it. I mean, everybody's churches showed out. Um, all of our friends showed out, all of our family showed out. I was never left alone. I was never left without food. I was never left without making sure that I was taking care of myself and getting to go home and um yeah, I just somebody was always with him twenty four hours, so he was never alone, and and it really helped me through every. I mean, just 
just the amount of people that I got to see every day and, and regardless of what he was going through, like laughs were still being had in the waiting room. Sure. You know, we were, we were still able to, to find our way, find the light through that. Um, definitely that helped a lot. So again, back to thanking our friends and family and, and everyone who showed up for us and the donations and the foods and the snacks and the, I mean, just everything, mm-hmm. everything from, from the get go. Um, so what's, uh, so you, we, I think we kind of switch, but they, they're bringing off the sedation and, and doctors are preparing you for outcome and stuff. Yes. But what, uh, so we were given three options of what was going to happen. The least likely, however, the best option was if they pull all this medicine off and he wakes up in the first 24 hours, then we do not have to go through any further brain scannings because that's going to tell them that his brain is functioning. The most likely or the second the second most likely or the one that they were hoping for was that he was going to um, go two to three days before he woke up. Then there would be minimal brain damage, but he would still need a brain scan to see where it was. But he would still probably have some kind of delays from brain damage and things like that. But for the most part more functioning than the third option, which is what they were really heading towards is that he doesn't wake up in, uh, within seven days. And if he doesn't wake up within the seven days, then we have to talk about, is he going to live the rest of his life on these machines? Or are we going to turn them off again? They're not being very optimistic. They're not really going for that. Number one option, um, there was something. This guy was though. There is something oddly, um, perfect that day. Just the whole vibe. Everybody was in a great mood. He had already exceeded all things that he wasn't supposed to. Was I responding to. to things at this point? No. Like, was that no? When did I respond with the thumbs up and all that? Was that as they started waking me up? Waking and- you up. So they start pulling the medicine. And uh, one of the things is they're going to ask him to give him a thumbs up if he responds with a thumbs up and then another thumbs up with the other hand after they give him cues, he's fine. Um, So they start pulling him off and he does a thumbs up first. Now he still has the tubes and he still has all the things and he's still very groggy, but now he's hearing us and does the thumbs up. After the thumbs up, they decide to pull back a little more on the medicine. So let's try to get him to open his eyes and see where we're at with that. They also warned us that for anyone coming off of something like this, that who has tubes down their throats, the first thing they do is, and it can get violent because they want to pull these tubes out. That's the first thing. What, what, Hmm. what is this and why is it here and get it off of me? Sure. Um, so the more they would release the meta or the, the more they would take the medicine away, um, he would, so the, the first one was very violent and he definitely tried pulling the tubes. Well, they're not going to continue doing that because that's no longer safe for him. So immediately they just like pumped him with something else and then he's just back out. 
<laughs> and they're like, all right, we'll try again in about 45 minutes. So they let them like recoup 45 minutes and then they kind of start releasing it again. Um, the The second time is still violent. I was close this time. And is this the, when I grabbed you? the target, not the cute one. Nah, this was the violent, violent one. one. Like he grabbed me by my neck, uh, the neck of my shirt, and like did this whole like twisting thing and like mm. pulling me towards him where two doctors had to come between us and break him off of me. Um, I'm glad it was me and not somebody else because I again, I, I was. I remember none of this. Yeah, he so, doesn't remember right. any of this. And, uh, so at this point, they're like, okay, it's only getting more violent each time. So we got to come up with something. So that I think by the second, third time, they're like, oh, we're going to give him some ketamine. So this will make him way calmer whenever he comes off. And it did. And he's upset that he doesn't remember his K-hole that he was in. But um, so this was all three hours. Within three hours of taking him off, he was waking up. And uh, I wasn't after they gave him the ketamine. So this is the third time they tried third or third. I think they did three times. The third time they tried, uh, he was calm. Yeah. And then he was able to get the tubes removed. And uh, ketamine was very, very nice. And everybody was amazed because that's it. He's awake now. And it was in the first three hours. So he already beat all the things that the doctors yeah. Didn't think that he would. And uh, so we're counting on at this point, no brain damage and no brain scans have to be done. And now we're just um, yeah, going to recover and see what happens from there. So he he was still groggy. I mean, it, he still didn't fully. And by when they say wake up, they literally just meant like do the thumbs up, open the eyes. Sure. Um, I do remember... One of the times that they were taking him off of it, tubes were still in his throat. He was able to mouth what the fuck with the tubes in his throat still. And I was able to read his lips perfectly fine. Right. I think that was the f first time that I was like, like brain to mouth concept is good. Sure. That's good. Yeah. Um, You've got some videos you showed me. I do. Uh, I'll play some. I, I'll play some audio mm, of the video. Yeah. It's more of the um, next day. It's very. I mean, my eyes are closed and while oh, I'm no, talking to it you. It is later and, that day. It's later that day. And it's so very. He, starts, he had the tubes in his throat, so he's very hoarse and very. Um, yeah. He recognized me immediately. In fact. So. Uh, so this is still daytime hours. So our family's still there. Everybody's still there. Um, everybody's trying, like, kind of coming in and seeing him awake. He's not really awake, but everybody is catching, like, highs. And mm -hmm. um, he's still very confused when he wakes up. I mean, I, I say the first 24 to 48 hours after he woke up is pretty much the days that I'm, like, it was a mix between uh, 51st Dates and Groundhog's Day. I mean, it just repetitive questions the within minutes apart and just not remembering the answer that was giving to add. And I'm like, okay, is this going to be our new normal? Like, so, yeah, what she, am I going home she with? Does, she does have a video that she showed me and it's like, she's like, hey, baby. She's like, you had a heart attack. And I'm like, 
I did. She's like, yeah. And then I'm just quiet and I go, did I have a heart attack? And she's like, yeah. And I'm like, I did. She's like, yeah, but you're okay. A few minutes later, what are we doing here? You had a heart attack. I did. Yeah. Like that's how it, that's how it was from what I, from what I can see, you know, the videos I've seen and stuff, but um so that same day that he woke up that night um regular room on a regular floor we're out of icu now mind you in icu they're in there every 45 minutes um they are one nurse to two patients or one nurse to two rooms so they're very attentive in there they're very good in icu they took very good care of him he made friends without even being awake <laughs> awake <laughs> like he had nurses coming in to check out his tattoos that weren't even his nurses because the other nurses had told them about <laughs> right. them yeah and, apparently i had and uh yeah he was just making in. making friends and uh so we left icu and we get to go to a regular room and he recovered in the regular room for the next t- about two how long days because I, I i remember wednesday we came home Friday, Saturday, Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, and on Wednesday he was released to go home. And by Tuesday at around, it would have been Wednesday morning at three thirty a.m. Yeah, I, so sometime Wednesday morning, in between midnight and three o'clock, I, I say in between midnight and three, but it was more. I remember specifically. And I don't, the only reason I remember this is because it truly is my very first memory I have of everything. Um, growing up, PBS, I loved Bob Ross. Yeah. Painting with Bob Ross, right? I woke up and had the TV on, and at three o'clock in the morning, Bob Ross was on my TV in the hospital. And I woke up and I watched it. And that's the first thing I remember. And that was Tuesday, Tuesday night into Wednesday morning, mm, yep. um, and that's that is my very first memory of really remembering. So yeah, your first memory was at three thirty a.m. that morning. Twelve hours later, well, eleven hours later, you were discharged home. Yeah, yeah, that's nuts. Um, and discharged. So with discharge, you know they have PT come. Well, first they had OT come in and. OT does your daily living stuff. So can you dress yourself? Can you brush your own teeth? Can you can you do these, these daily livings? And they're like, here's a toothbrush. Here's a toothpaste. Show us what to do. And he walks in and he brushes his teeth and OT passes him. So he doesn't need OT. Perfect. Um, so then PT comes and they're like, all right, well, I mean, you've been unconscious and laid out for five plus days and let's see how far you can walk and how much physical therapy you might have to go to a rehab facility and stay there for a couple weeks until you get your strength back up and he walked the entire circle inside of the hospital floor and then up an entire full flight of stairs and back down and back to his room and he left with a PT order, but uh, after yeah. checking in with our PT specialist that actually works with me at where I work, um, we decided that he really didn't need it. He was going to exceed their expectations just Quicker. walking in the right. door. And that's kind of where we're at with cardiotherapy. Um, it's another rehab, but it's just for cardio stuff. So they would do more aerobic things. Um, the cardiologist told him if he wants to do it, he can. He was like, 
but you're going to outgrow them and they're going to be holding you back because he's already back to normal daily things. I mean, yes, he has the six broken ribs, so he's a little sore and takes things a little slower and needs to rest a little more. But this morning we went back to work for the first time. I went back to work today. Uh, we worked three hours and it wore me out. Um, but the worst part is, uh, Normally, I, I've been wearing a brace, too. I have a, a wrap for my ribs, and it's, I'm not wearing it tonight. And it's one of the first. <laughs> oh, yeah, let's back up to that. So on Wednesday, they discharge him to go home, and the cardiologist discharges him. So he gets all oh. of his new heart medications, and he's on a ton of. The guy took two medications before, and now he takes, like, 12. Yeah. Um. Literally. But I didn't get any discharge from the house doctor about his ribs or anything like that. And they're like, oh, well, just take some Tylenol for it. Okay. Mm -hmm. So up until we left, they were still, you know, treating him through his IV with his pain medicine. So they shot him up real good right before discharge. And um, he was feeling pretty good coming home, like really good. I felt really good Wednesday, Wednesday and, and Thursday. Thursday. Yeah. And then and then Friday and I'm treating was, it with only Tylenol and yeah, they sent ibuprofen. Me home with no pain medicines. None and whatsoever. By Thursday night, Friday morning, one fifteen AM. Jeff has an excruciating pain. Couldn't uh, breathe. His broken ribs, by the way, are the ribs right around his heart. So unfortunately, not only did he just have a heart attack and have that scare, but now he has broken ribs in that same area. So every time there's a hurting pain there, it's a trigger. it triggers him to think that he's then having a heart attack. I anxiety and I panic. So and- his pain level was so high and not no longer being controlled with Tylenol. Um, with it hurting right there, he immediately went into thinking that he was having another heart attack, which sent him into a panic attack, which then hyperventilation, and he passed out on me up. again. Yeah. Right so, on our steps here. Yeah, I was, we were getting ready to walk him out to the car because I was going my son was to here drive him us. back yeah. to the emergency room, and we didn't make it. He fell out on the stairs. I was able to, again, save him, and I somehow maneuvered myself in front of him so he did not... Fall. I would have bashed my face on the stairs and your ribs and my ribs. Yeah, and uh, I don't remember. So I'm just. I don't remember him. a lot of Friday night either. That was... He only lost consciousness for 20 seconds, luckily, because at that point I did not know how I was going to do CPR on him again. Right. I don't know if physically, mentally, my body would have let me do it. I think I literally passed out from shock. We did. I was in you, so much from pain hyperventilation. and hyperventilation. You had hyperventilated yourself. And I kind of knew all of this, but it was also trauma for me because <sighs> yeah, I had just done this a couple of days ago, and I knew that you had the six broken ribs, and I don't right. know if I could have done that. So we get back to the emergency room. Um, they shoot him up with a bunch of pain medicine there and ask me why I didn't pick up his prescriptions. For, for pain meds. For pain meds. And that- she said... He never got prescriptions She said, what for? prescriptions would that be? And they're like, well, the one she has the whole list with her because she brought all of the paperwork. She's like, you mean this list that doesn't have one single narcotic on it? Like, 
And they're like, whoa, you weren't prescribed anything? And she's like, no, he was prescribed Tylenol and ibuprofen. So long story short, they finally decide to give me some hydrocodone or oxycodone, you know, and um, was sent back home. I think we were back home Friday morning by like six o'clock or something like, I mean, I was, I didn't get rechecked back in. I was, I was able to be discharged that from, from yeah. So we only went to the ER and then he got to come back that Friday later morning. on that morning. And then but at had the pain medicines and everything. I picked up the pain medicine. And so I was able to stay on top of everything for him. Um, pretty sure I still hadn't slept right. at this time. Yeah. Um, I week. was running on adrenaline <laughs> right. still and getting ready to fall yeah. out at any time. My daughter was home from college, thankfully, and just managed. Every- I mean, she literally drove for me for uh, that. I got to say, Tessa was amazing. And, and I, re- I remember the first couple of nights, like when I came home, they, I remember barely as I was fading in and out of sleep and awake, Jen and Tessa, we're going through my paperwork and like going through my medicine, like getting all my meds together. Tessa's Jen's like, I remember hearing Jen be like, all right, we need to do this, this, and this. And Tessa's like, I'll take care of it. Mom, you, you go do this, you know? And and they went and did all the grocery shopping for food that we needed. They, cause I've, I've changed my whole diet. Like, and again, my diet, if anybody knows, I mean, I like my sweets. I like my cup, my, my cakes and my candies and stuff, but I'm not, again, I didn't fit the prototype of to have this heart attack. Like, I mean, I've got this book that we, that Jen got me. It's recovering after a heart attack and, and, um, a stent, you know, basically recovery after having a medical heart procedure. And, and like she said, you read all these things and these standards, I don't even fit in these categories. And so I remember, I just remember how, how good of a job they did with all the stuff. And, and I, I just can't thank them. I can't thank everybody enough yeah. for, okay. for being here okay. for us throughout it all. So for sure. Yeah. I really, uh, having, having the support system around it. Yeah. It's, it's huge. So, yep, it is. Uh, well, I am, uh, incredibly grateful you were still here. Um, you know, we, uh, it's pretty crazy, you know, to think that all that, uh, you know, happened and then you're you're out of the hospital within a couple of days. You know, it's like it's pretty, pretty it's, wild story. I think the weirdest thing for me, again, is is to hear all the stories that I don't remember. Right. And and to again, I, I mean, I've, I've been told, listen, if you I don't wherever you stand in your religious beliefs, whether you believe in God or a higher power, like Jen said, your good juju, the good vibes. I don't, I, I, without a doubt, know that there was something playing out for me greater than me, greater than any of us in this, because the odds of me being here were under 50%. Right. I mean, I would, I had a 40% chance of making it or less. I, I don't, it I'm was, pretty sure it was 8% at some points. See, I, mean, I don't yeah, even, I don't, I don't even know my, I, it's just, it's and it's mind blowing. And, and then, like I said, to hear, I would see my doctors that saw me in the ICU and I was, and they'd be like, Oh my gosh, you're such a miracle. And I'm like, no, I'm not that she is. And, and the doctors and, and everybody that, I just happened to be lucky to make it through because yeah. I, 
again, I think the hardest thing for me is realizing that my life was could have been over just like that. Sure. And I wouldn't have, it would have been no different. I would have never known. I, I would have. So I do have it set up for, um, in February, he will get to go to the St. Charles County Ambulance District and meet all the EMTs that were on scene that night. Um, I talked to their, uh, their guy, Kyle. Kyle, yeah. <laughs> their guy, Which Kyle. Which I know Kyle through working through the senior living. So. Right. Um, small world small world and connections but talking to kyle kyle set everything up for us we get to go to a meeting and um get to give our thanks to them and and that's something that uh they don't always get to see the full circle either and and they didn't uh they didn't have high hopes either i mean you know they see these things all the time the chances of of getting to meet that person alive and and in this standing is is uh yeah i'm excited about that to be able to Say thanks. I mean, sure. <clears throat> I, again, I can't thank enough uh, for those that are listening that came up and visited, uh, sent cards, sent food, love. I mean, that's another thing. Uh, I want to thank Tony Willingham, T Bone, for the GoFundMe. Go um, no, he didn't ask. WWJD. There was no permission given for him to do that. When you have friends like that, they just know. And he set that up on his own. Um, without that, excuse me and uh the uh stuff from diamond um as i said earlier we we don't have insurance which is something we're in the uh, midst of working on right now after this unfortunately but um and so there are some medications that he's recently been prescribed that he has to take to keep him alive right now that are really expensive there's no generic brands for them um without those things being put in place for us. And I would have never asked for it to happen. Um, I'm one to more like, I don't know, figure it out right. on my own other ways. Um, that's been something that I haven't had to worry about right now. Um, yeah. All those funds are going to the medications that he needs to keep him going um, until we can get some insurance and get them covered that way. So, uh, from the bottom of our hearts, we're and, thankful and thank you for that. Yep. And Facebook, uh, I tell you, if you guys, I don't, I've really stayed off of Facebook, um, especially ever since it's happened. Um, nothing personal. Again, it's 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 hard for me to read, and it's hard it, for me. There's not Jen, only a physical recovery, but there's a mental recovery yeah. too. Sure. Yeah. 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 So I I apologize if like you guys have messaged me and and I don't respond. Jen has done such a great job keeping everybody informed that I feel like if you don't know what's going on right now, then right. <laughs> you know I I don't know where you've been. But then we're uh, not close enough friends. Right. <laughs> yeah. Um, but no, I I do want to again just thank everybody and thank you Shane for having us come on and and talk about the story, man. I, yeah. I appreciate it greatly. I'm just glad it's got a happy ending and that we can share the story today. And, and uh, you know, we, we obviously have a long road ahead of us still, like getting these ribs fixed and everything, getting everything back on track. But uh, we're, you know, I'm just, it's, it's, I don't know, man. It's crazy. I, I, I'm just glad you're here and I'm glad Same. that uh, all these uh, these prayers were answered, man. So. Same. I uh, I will tell you one of the coolest things that we saw out of it is when we met with the cardiologist, they showed 
he actually showed me the procedure. Like he's like, I've got video of me doing. So they did a, um, a cath up through my groin, um, my arterial artery. They went through my groin up through my heart and put the stent in. And they, he, he showed me the video of what he was watching while, so you, it's an X-ray and you can see my heart beaten and you can see the, the wire that's running up through my heart and it's all this x-ray and, and it's the live video and he's showing it to me and he's like see this little black mark right here he's like you should have veins all that's where your blockage was and he's like now watch you'll see the wire and as soon as the wire pokes through the blood clot the the vein that was complete and, and put the stent in the artery all of a sudden the arteries just lit up and like it was so crazy to see because like you're, you're looking at it and you can see my heart and you can see some of the veins and the arteries in there, you know, and you're like, oh, that's, that's kind of cool. And then he's like, now watch this. And you see him go right through that blockage. And all of a sudden you just see a whole spider web of veins just appear that wasn't there. And he's like, that was, that's where your clog was. And so like half of my right side of my heart of your heart wasn't working. Wasn't working. So. Hmm. But it was really neat to see. Right. I mean, how many people get to see your, own, uh, you know, and I, I, I could see the wire going up through my chest and in through. And then he's like, you could see him push right through the black mark. And all of a sudden, just like all these veins just showed up on my heart. And right. it was really neat. It was a pretty neat video. Yeah. I had um, mentioned earlier about the video, playing the audio of the video when he first woke up. So I'll play a little bit of that just because I brought it up earlier. Yeah. You had a heart attack. Really? I had a heart attack. Yes. Really? Yeah. We're, we're, you're okay though. I mean, we're gonna be okay. We're gonna recover now. You feel it? Yeah, you're in some pain. Yeah. That, 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 that chokes me up. Yeah. What the fuck? He's yeah. Like. What the fuck? <laughs> See, I, my good old Jeff, though. That's what apparently, <laughs> apparently my mom was telling me that even when I was out, when I was starting to wake up, I was still my typical self. Mm -hmm. And apparently my son asked me to, if I was okay. And I, I gave him a thumbs up and they, the story they say it was like I was looking right through my son's soul, like looking into his eyes. And I don't remember, but I told my son I'm okay. And that's when my son knew that things were going to be all right. And, and uh, I don't know, man. It's it's definitely put our life into a whole new perspective, at least my. I mean, I... You just wake up different. Yeah, right? I, I, I view I, the world... In a whole different way now, I really do. Like the what was it that Thursday morning when I came upstairs for the first time and I was sitting here looking out our back deck, and I just I got emotional and and sitting here and it was just a beautiful day. The sun was beautiful. The it was cold and shitty, but it was the most beautiful thing I've right. ever seen. Yeah, you know, and those those are the things I think I have the hard time with, but as each day goes on and things get better, um, you know, you try not to focus on the past, but 
definitely made a change in our lives. So I'm definitely eating better. I'm hoping I've got another 44 years. So, you know. We yeah. haven't had a cigarette in oh, yeah. 25 days. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. Quit smoking. Uh, nice. Yeah. So. Eating a little better. We don't. It's yeah. all it's little things, little, little changes. Things, yeah. yeah. Try to do less fast food. Got to be uh, forgiving of yourself, too. Like, I yep. think that's the biggest thing. Like, <clears throat> you know, I, uh, especially with addiction and things like. People think like, oh, I had one or I had one drink or whatever. Now it's like ruined it. Like, it's like, well, you're still 25 days from where you were. You know, that's 25 steps from you're not starting over. You're you're already ahead of it. You don't focus on the relapse. You focus on the moving forward from the relapse. But yeah, I, uh, you know, I don't think all that's uh, great news. And I mean, just like, you know, hopefully, uh, like I said, another 44 years, man. Yeah. At least. Well, and I tell you yeah. what, don't don't second guess yourself if you uh, ever, you know, chest pains, whatever. I mean, don't, I don't know. I would have never thought it, but I definitely will think about it from now on. I mean, right. you, you just never know. So if you've got things that are bothering you, don't push them off. Just, I mean. Sure, listen to yourself. Listen to too, yourself yeah. and listen to your body. And I probably should have done that too. And maybe we wouldn't have been in that situation. But right. <laughs> We're, yeah. we're here now and yeah. now we're going to make the here best of are. it. Yep. And his heart's like he's 25 years old again. So. Yeah. <laughs> they said uh, the the chances of it happening again, because I, I had that, that was, I had a lot of questions to ask my right. cardiologist when we went, like, why did it happen to begin with? And it comes to find out I have it. It's genetics. It's in my family. It's on my dad's side. We have heart disease. The doctor said I could have been born with just a very narrow vein and I mean, it could have been from childbirth. It could have been who knows what. I mean, basically, as a male in your teenage years, your arteries uh, automatically start narrowing as you get older, starting as when you're a teenager. So that vein could or that artery could have already been narrow to begin with. Already been narrow. And then it narrowed more. And he's just been, you know, good up until he wasn't because it takes a very small then clot to block that off. Um, so basically with all the, the questions on what could I have done or what did I do or didn't I do, um, the answer is nothing. Mm-hmm. It would have happened and it yep. would have happened regardless. So rather that's why he I say, was in diamond parking lot or somewhere else. Right. So that's why I say, don't, don't, don't second guess yourself. If you're questioning it and you really feel, you know, better safe than sorry, I, I would say that's, but I'm glad to be here. That's, yeah. I, I, yeah, and I'm glad. Jen had the know-how to... Yes. Me yes. too. Educate yourself in CPR. I yeah, mean, right. definitely, I'd say, like, go get CPR certified if you don't have time or the means or, or whatever to actually get the certification. I'm not going to lie. It's not that hard. Right. If you just, like, YouTube it and know what to do, you don't even have to give breaths you don't, anymore. Yeah, you don't even put your mouth on them um, People ask me, well, that's your husband, did you? I didn't. I, I did compressions only because that's I, all they say. That's, that's all, all I have to do. You have to keep um, blood pumping to the. I mean, yeah, I mean I've I've been CPR certified probably for the last 15, 20 years <clears throat> of my life. Um, it was something that I that I always did, um, and so I I was originally taught you know to do the breaths and the compression. It was a little harder and and there was a little more to it. Um, 
I started compressions and I didn't stop. And and that's apparently what saved him and what makes me the hero. The hero. Mm-hmm. But um so if I can encourage anyone to do anything, even if you don't go get certified, at least YouTube it and practice on a friend, find that <clears throat> find that sternum and find where your hands go and learn those compressions and right. uh might save somebody's uh, life. You might yep. save somebody's life yeah. and it it might be your your husband, your brother, your best friend, your whatever. dad, your best friend, or stranger. But the fact yeah. of the matter is, only one in nine people um, receive CPR outside of an actual professional medic giving it. So those people already die before the medics even get there. But because I had started it before the medics got there, that is what kept him alive. So learn your CPR. Do it. Yep. Do it. Yeah, man. Well, there was no AED. There was no other um, things there to to help it. It was just me and him against the world that night. So yeah, yep. <laughs> and we kicked ass. Hell yeah! Well, I really glad that we uh, did this. I'm glad you were um, shared your story with us. And uh, like I said, maybe, maybe it'll make a difference in somebody else's uh, day. Like I said, uh, you know, go out there and get certified and everything else and make sure. a difference but uh thanks for having but us yeah i appreciate yeah. you guys and i love you guys love you love too you. man appreciate you doing this yep but uh hopefully uh next time we'll we'll just have fun yeah we'll, hey yeah. i had fun too yeah. i mean i know it's it's the, you know sad story it's a, right. story it's a heavy story it's but emotional but it's again uh, i'm po- looking the at positive, life yeah the positive outlook i mean so yeah. differently yeah um, I don't not want to share the story. Yeah, right. I don't want to overshare it, but I don't not want to share it. Even it's it's, it's, a, it's been a real it's been a real emotional roller coaster with it. We've really talked about it, and when you asked, when you hit us up and asked if we'd want to be, Jen looked at me and she's like, "What do you? How do you feel about that?" Right. And I said, "At I first, knew it was going to be a lot." At of first, I was like, "I I don't want to, but I do because I know." That, like you said, hopefully it can help somebody. It's to, he didn't want to cry on the mic. I know that too. It's <laughs> we got the power to edit. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but now I, uh, and I thought, um, you know, being your friend, um, I know that you enjoy this. Uh, I thought it might help, uh, maybe be, feel a little bit more normal, uh, getting behind a mic again. And does uh, kind of yep. does. I shared way more with you than I would have with Fox Two, by the way. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> but, they still haven't uh, called me. Yeah, but I, uh, yeah, man. come on, Malcolm Davis. <laughs> yeah, where are Elliot Davis? Or Elliot yeah, Davis? Yeah, right. there it is. I don't watch the. News. I don't. I don't even know. We're not. We're, we're not. <laughs> you paid for it. Yeah, yeah, you, yeah paid. you did. Elliot Davis. El- El- Elliot Davis. Yeah. You paid for it. Um, but no, I mean, like I said, I just, I, I thought. You know, it'd be good for all of us to just sit down and, but, uh, I would like to yeah. see you do some more, uh, like these. I mean, I like the band interviews and stuff, but I like the, the, like the real shit, the real shit. Sure. Yeah. The real, the real talk stuff. The too. real life. And then definitely, I mean, this could be a mental health thing too. I mean, cause, right. cause definitely that's, that's there. I mean, we've talked about, I, I've always been told you get need to wait, um, at least six months after a traumatic experience before you start seeking therapy or going to therapy about it because it takes about that long for you to process things. Mm -hmm. Um, But we've definitely talked about the mental health aspects of it, of coming out of it and, and for both of us. And 
and what that looks like and what that can look like in the future. So um, it's real. I mean, even though he's good and he made it and everything should be all well and happy, like there's yeah, there's mental things that mm-hmm. are there of the the things of the things that happened. The things of the <laughs> things of the things. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. It's, it's not a bad thing. It's just a, uh, just a, I, I'm always for therapy anyway. So I, in any matter, mm-hmm. um, I've always kind of talked about that and, and don't be afraid to mental health therapy. is just yeah. as important as physical health. Right. right. Yeah. What do you got? Like, you know, like we said, you got a lot of people around you that care. And that's so if you need anything, people got your back and, that's been shown a thousandfold more than a more than i ever could imagine and again i can't i can't thank you guys enough can't wrap his head around Mm -mm. yeah i can't why me what what i'm nobody well i would say that you guys you guys done a lot for a lot of people uh around here so uh you know it's I believe in karma. You know, you put good Absolutely. out there and it yeah. comes back. And, yep. you know, you. And for all the, you know, it kind of just showed that, like, you're a good person. Right. Yeah. You're, and you've done very good things and you've touched a lot of lives and people. And I mean, it was new friends, old friends, people from your childhood. I mean, just all walks of life. And it didn't, it didn't matter who was who. Everybody just came together. Right. Yep. It was quite amazing. I, in a sense, wish that you could have seen it or knew right. exactly the amount of it. I mean, I try to share. I, I've tried to let him know everyone. I hope that I haven't missed anyone. Yeah. Um, but it's pretty powerful. Yep. Yeah. Appreciate it. Well, uh, yeah, I say we do this again soon. and Absolutely. Just, uh, as always, like I said, even on the circumstance, it was nice catching up with you guys and spending the evening over here with you so absolutely. Uh, hopefully thanks. we'll be a couple you know i'm down and out right now it's uh, like i said just went back to work for the first time today for just a couple of hours very simple easy stuff but uh it doesn't take a lot to wear me out right. so um i still see a couple of weeks um before we're back out sure. out in the scene again so uh just know that we are around i do see the facebook post and i do try to react to them at least but uh if i don't respond it's because it's too emotional for me to respond right now and yeah. and still have a lot of trauma um, got plenty of time for that yeah hopefully hopefully in the next couple of weeks we'll start being able to get back out in the scene a little bit more and yeah. be around so yeah he's gonna make sure like nobody <laughs> bumps into right. him or I got Absolutely. I got some shirts that say please don't hug me. Yeah, right. So that they shout out to Danielle. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Well, thank you guys, and uh, I'll see you soon. Thank you, thank Shana. you. Love you guys. Love, Love you, buddy. You. Bye, everyone. Bye.